Hello, I'm Josh. And I'm Gabriel. And today on Reading the Gospel, we are studying the event, Repent or Perish. This is found in Luke chapter 13, and we're going to start right at the beginning of the chapter and read all the way down to verse 9. Follow along with us in your Bibles. There were some present at that time who told him about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. And Jesus answered them, Do you think that these Galileans were worse sinners than all the other Galileans because they suffered in this way? No, I tell you, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Or those 18 on whom the Tower of Siloam fell and killed them, do you think that they were worse offenders than all the other who lived in Jerusalem? No, I tell you, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. And he told this parable. A man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he came seeking fruit on it and found none. And he said to the vine dresser, Look, for three years now I have come seeking fruit on this fig tree, and I found none. Cut it down. Why should it use up the ground? And he answered him, Sir, let it alone this year also, until I dig around it and put on manure. Then if it should bear fruit next year, well and good. But if not, you can cut it down. So we're told here about two stories, two tragedies that take place in Jerusalem. Um, Jesus is sharing these. Um, the first one is these Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled in, and looking out there for evidence as to what this could be, the only thing that I was able to find was Josephus. Um, historian Josephus talks about um, how Herod and Pilate were, they were both rulers, but Pilate really didn't like Herod. And we know that um, he sends Jesus back and forth, and uh, Herod was controlling the area of Galilee. And so Josephus' idea was, as the Galileans, who were known as rough and boisterous people, came down to Jerusalem, it seems like Pilate took advantage of that while they were sacrificing at a feast to to try to get at Herod. And he ended up killing some of them uh, while, while they were sacrificing. So so that's what Josephus says. Other than that, we, you know, we can speculate, um, but we don't have concrete evidence on this story. This is consistent with Pilate's behavior. Yeah. Because he did something similar after the resurrection of Jesus Christ in AD 36 when he uh, ordered a massacre of Samaritans while they were worshiping on their own temple on Mount Gerizim. Mm -hmm. So this is consistent with his behavior. This second story, the 18 whom the tower uh, fell on and killed, this one's really interesting because I think we hear a lot of the, these questions, why does God allow bad things to happen to good people? Um, and we look at stories like this, or, or the, the flip side, we hear when something bad happens, well, God must have allowed it for punishment or because they were bad. Um, but Jesus gives this story and says, you need to repent. Unless you repent, you will perish like these people. 
but don't think uh, they were worse than all the others. Yeah, Jesus Christ does not pronounce any judgment either on the Galileans or Pilate or those on whom the Tower of Siloam has, had fallen. Mm -hmm. No, Jesus Christ uses these events uh, without making any commentary about the will of God as related to those situations. And Jesus says these are teaching moments. These are calls to repentance. These are wake-up calls. Uh, when something like this happens, you pause, you reflect on your life, and consider all this as calls to your repentance. Yeah. So when you see um, wars happening in other parts of the world, uh, when you see some people dying, right away we have this tendency to blame some and to say, oh, God really wanted to punish these guys because they are, you know, pagan there. Jesus' teaching here is when events like this happen, you take your look from them and you turn, turn it inside towards yourself. Mm -hmm. These events are calls to repentance. And it doesn't mean that if you repent, things will get better or stop or things will change. Um, Jesus never promised uh, peace and prosperity on this earth. He promised a sword. Mm -hmm. um, so when we repent, we might still live in the situation. The, the goal that we, when we look around and we see things that call us to spiritual awareness, our response is to repent. Um, because I, I think the danger is many people think, well, as soon as I repent enough, then God will remove this affliction from me. Uh, he'll take away the pain as soon as I repent enough. Behind that, uh, that statement, there is a theological uh, understanding that repentance is like a quantity of good works mm -hmm. with which we feel like a bucket or a container. And uh, when the container is completely full, that means God is satisfied and his wrath is moving away from us. Um, that is bad theology inside Christianity. That is the essence of paganism. Uh, we are not here to appease God. Mm -hmm. We are here to respond to his initiative. He is seeking from us from the Garden of Eden. Jesus Christ came and said, come to me and I will give you peace. Uh, this is an invitation to come to him. So then there's this fig tree that the vine dresser wants to cut down. Now, who is the man and who's the vine dresser in this parable? For me, as I look at this, I, I see the, the man who planted the tree in his vineyard as God and Jesus is the vine dresser uh, that, you know, ultimately this is a parable. And, and the point of the parable is the story that God is giving us time. Mm -hmm. um, he's going to do what he can. He's going to uh, provide the best environment for us to produce mm -hmm. fruit. Um, and, and that is the main point of the previous two stories about yeah. the Tower of Siloam yeah. and the massacre in Galilee. Or of Galileans is that those who survived all call to repentance they are given extra time yeah. they are given a new opportunity to turn around to start over and that is the definition of grace to start over to start a new day a new chapter of your life uh, a closer relationship with God and so we might look back in our life and see I, I know for me 
my friends who died young. Mm-hmm. I, I question God, why, why not me? And I know if I had died young at that point, I was not in a place where I desired salvation. But because I lived, I got to a place where I gave my heart to God. And, and we don't know their life. We don't know how many opportunities they were given. Um, we don't know how many opportunities we will be given. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's why right now, we don't know if we'll, we'll lay our heads down on our pillows tonight. Mm-hmm. We need to repent continually of our sins and, and, and seek coming to God and seek that that renewal and that connection to Him. I remember reading the story of the first uh, heart transplant that happened in South Africa in 1967, Dr. Uh, Christian Barnard. Dr. Barnard, in addition to being a medical physician and a surgeon, he had degrees in philosophy. So when this famous patient who got a new heart uh, had a chance to sit down and to, you know, to settle accounts, to uh, look into the, uh, his uh, benefactor's eyes, Dr. Barnard, and said to him, uh, Doc, uh, now you gave me a new life. What should I do with it? Mm-hmm. And Dr. Bernard, who was educated in philosophy also, had no answer. He said, to be honest, I don't know. By contrast, in this story, the answer is very clear. Give yourself to God. Start over as a new person. Repentance is being sorry for what happened in the past, which had direct consequences on the death of Jesus Christ on the cross. Mm -hmm. Be sorry that you have offended God who created you Uh, in his image for this purpose and start over with a new purpose with a new direction and that is always connected to and around god yeah the results you know when we see this this tree god wants the fig tree to bear fruit when i was growing up i heard fruit is multiplication fruit is other people so we we need to be baptizing if we're not baptizing we're not bearing fruit if we're not bringing people to jesus we're not bearing fruit but when i go by the bible the fruit that we're told is the fruit of the spirit that when we have the holy spirit and i know we've talked about this in the past and mm-hmm. and we'll talk about it again in the future because it's so important that the fruit that we're called to bear is the christ like characteristics that the that the holy spirit gives us love joy peace patience kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness and self-control and when we as a fig tree are producing these fruit in our lives when we're being loving and kind and patient and, and all these things to other people what that does is that plants seeds mm-hmm. and it's like the fruit falling on the ground and and the seeds are planted, and those are the ones that grow. And, and this is where Paul comes in and says, I planted, Apollos watered. And, and you know, we, we all do different parts in helping someone else grow into a, a mature tree that can produce its own fruit. I see a correlation between those, those two perspectives. Mm-hmm. And of course, I agree with you, the internal uh, fruit, that is the fruit of the Spirit, is the essence, is the foundation. And that will, uh, will, will be translated into fruits, plural, that will lead other people to Christ. Yeah. I cannot lead other people to Christ by reading from a book. I will be considered just an activist. It has no power on, you know, to influence other people for Christ. But if I am the role model, 
if they see Christ dwelling in me, they will glorify God and they will be attracted to God. Mm -hmm. So what's this passage telling us about God? Our God is a God of a second chance. Our God uh, is interested to help us start over, no matter what happened in the past, no matter how far and deep you went away from God, you can start over. It was possible with Mary Magdalene, uh, who was controlled by seven demons, most likely the same woman caught in adultery. It happened with a thief on the cross on the right side. Um, and it happened with uh, uh, Saul, one of the leaders of the Jewish nation, who became the greatest apostle Paul. It, it happened with uh, millions of Christians throughout centuries, all the way from the deepest dungeons and jails, being elevated to become sons and daughters of God. Mm. It can happen with everyone. And our God is a God of a second chance, that is, repent, uh, accept this second chance, embrace it, come closer to me, and I will grow you into becoming my son or my daughter. Let us pray. Father God, you have given us second chances over and over and over again, and I thank you so much for those. You have called us to repentance. Father, it's your Spirit who gives us the ability to repent. Amen. And so right now we ask, as Revelation 3.20 says, that Jesus who's knocking on our heart's door, behold, I stand at the door and knock. As we open that door, he will come in. And your Spirit and Christ and you will do a work in us that produces fruit, that prepares people to see Jesus, that when they see us, they see someone different because they see Christ's character in us. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.